following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Eat, Sleep, List. Your home for list making here at the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Dan Torres. Normally, this is the part where I would introduce my good friend, Matt, and say some complimentary things about him. Uh, But unfortunately, today, um, work and life got in the way of him being a part of this list. Um, luckily, I am joined by good friend of the show, good friend of ours at this point, one of our favorite, favorite people to make lists with. Uh, Mr. Andrew Lentz is here uh, as our guest today and my co-host. What's up, my man? Nothing much. Happy to be here once again. Uh, very unexpectedly being here. I just, just shoot mad ideas because I'll do that every once in a while. I'm like, hey, did you ever... Do this, and the next thing I know, he's like, hey, okay, can you do this Monday at this time? And I'm like, okay, yeah, yep, I'm in. <laughs> That's always how it works, especially, well, you're such a good friend of the show, too, that if you have a good suggestion like that, you get priority coming on here, too. We love having people that consistently bring good ide- ideas to the table and that we know we can rely on for it. So it happened to work out perfectly that you're here this week. Um, and we'll be Matt's here in spirit and we will be reading his entries together as we go through this. Um, but this is actually a great category that you picked this week. If you clicked on this episode already, you know, um, that we're doing our top 10 game shows that we would like to be on. Um, I personally love this one because I feel like everybody can relate to game shows and everybody has at least one go-to that they have. Um, you know, as a kid, you're during like the mornings, if you were sick, uh, on a school day or something, things like let's make a deal and the price is right are always on. Um, and they're always just you mindless. You can always go in and enjoy them. Um, you had mentioned prior to us starting to, you know, do this, that this was your idea for the list. Um, so what was your inspiration and what kind of made you think, oh, this would probably be a really, really good one to do. So, uh, we just did a review on the nostalgia Funhouse. There's my cheap plug, uh, on supermarket suite and you know, it's great nostalgia fun. Cause that's what we do on the nostalgia Funhouse. And as I'm reviewing it, I'm thinking like, man, I would have loved to have been on this game show as a kid. And now as an adult, now that I have a little bit more concept of money <laughs> for some of the pricing games. And that's when I was like, Matt's always looking for anything new or anything kind of out there. Like just 
he steers a weird wave for you once. Sometimes he's like, can we steer a weird from pop culture? Like when um, I done a couple with him, but I was like, hey, has he ever done like that top ten list of game shows I always wanted to be on? And I was just thinking that would be something fun. And I don't think you guys have ever done anything game show wise. So no. No, I don't think we ever have. And this is a great one because we really have done a lot of um, TV-based ones. Like, we've done certain sitcoms. We've done um, favorite Christmas episodes, uh, like Christmas specials of TV shows. We did that during the holiday season. And this is one that I feel like we've kind of been rotating around but haven't gotten to that point yet. So this is the perfect time for this list, I think. Yeah, because once again, too, I grew up in that... 80s 90s type thing so game shows were everywhere especially during the afternoons like supermarket sweep was like a summer go-to i remember watching that constantly in the summer have to come home eat lunch and watch supermarket sweep absolutely yeah so without further ado before we jump into this i do want to mention that the way we're going to format matt's entries in this is we're each going to back bounce back and forth and um, enter his ideas. So if you hear us speaking longer than normal and hear two entries from us, they're not both our entries. Um, we're just making sure our buddy is here in full as much as he can. Yes. So with that being said, Andrew, you ready to make a list, man? I am. All right. Our top 10 game shows that we wish we could be on. Andrew, kick it off with your number 10. My number 10 is Stump the Squab. This was a game show on ESPN. Uh, so if you listen to some old two point conversation trivia show, uh, trivia episodes, I love sports. Um, and I have a bunch of useless knowledge in my head, as my wife tells me. And I always wanted to be on this show because this guy worked as a statistician for ESPN, like a researcher and is. I think it's when I say it's Howard Schwab, but that probably just like a little fine financing people it was hosted by Stuart Scott, Scott. And you went on there, contest three contestants, and you would play for the chance to stump the Schwab, stump the Schwab, you win. But it's all just sports related trivia. And I was just like, man, I want to be on this so badly. That would be super fun. I've loved, uh, I love different shows like that. There's, one, I want to say it's called The Challenge or something like that, um, where it, it w- I know episodes were on Netflix for a while, where it's one guy, um, I think in the American version, they do a couple of like big brains that are on that. And it's three contestants, and they basically one at a time go up and answer as many questions as they can. And then that guy has to try and outmatch them or beat them in a lot of senses with that. And I've always loved certain like one-on-ones where you test your knowledge against someone else because it's, it's super, uh, it's super interesting to see what other people know compared to the knowledge that like someone who's at the helm of something like that is just containing in their brain. Cause I'm the same way, Andrew, I will like, keep stupid TV show lines or stupid stats from certain things in my head, taking up space for no reason at all. So that's a really, really good one. I think to want to be on. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Very good. Um, my number 10, before we go into Matt's number 10 as well, 
Uh, this is one, as much as I love the show, this is the one that scares me the most out of all of them um, with everything. But I think it was so fascinating to watch as a kid uh, that I would just want it for the challenge. It's Fear Factor. I absolutely okay. love, love, love OG Fear Factor because it's things that, like, they really are capitalizing on a lot of phobias for people. Claustrophobia, heights, uh, fear of insects, all the things that they would have people eat at different times that were just, like, insane. And all the, when you see people in that moment just hyping themselves up to do that and then they do it you feel so good for them sometimes you feel really good for the people who are like i really can't do this and then somehow their fight or flight pushes them to make sure that they're totally ready for it uh and then you have the opposite sometimes where where dudes would just be like yeah i got this no problem and they just conquer it no matter what you're like how are you doing this so quickly um, I know they brought it back with Ludacris a couple of years ago. It is not the same. The the OG had such better challenges on it um, with in the Joe Rogan era, but this is one that I was always fascinated with. Yeah, just throw caution to the wind on a lot of things that they can do now. Before they and now they're like, ah, we got to kind of. I'm pretty sure we got to dumb it down because of TV reasons and everything else. Right. Can't lock someone in a coffin like underground for and be like, no. how long can you last under here or anything? Yeah, the FCC See, that's, doesn't that's just, that's doesn't one improve I could, it. I, I can never do. There's a couple ones where I'm like, no, nah, I'm I don't think I'll I'm, I'll just bow out. Yeah. Some of the eating ones for sure. I I like look at it, I'm like, I don't know if I could just eat that that thing straight up like that. It was too much. Uh, so Matt's number 10. Yes, sir. Is figure it out on Nickelodeon. I don't know where, uh, I keep on, see, I'm getting this. When I see it, I get it confused with what would you do, but this is oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, with the, with the puzzle and they reveal the pieces and everything else. I think there was an adult game show like that too. I think <laughs> there was. I think it was competition yeah, as well. Yeah, they. Um, if I remember it correct, because I didn't grow up with too much uh, cable in my household, I know figure it out was kind of based on yes or no questions. For oh, it was it, contestants would have. Oh, that's that. Okay, see, I'm way off. So good thing for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> we got you. So they. I, I'm just yeah. I can't try to keep it streamlined throughout because I'm yeah, kind of a novice when it comes to certain things too. Yeah, it was, they had to figure out a contestant's talent and they had to figure it out through a a series of yes or no questions, I believe. And that's kind of an interesting one to do too. Yeah. Okay. So this is way different than what I thought. So thank God you were here to say this. (laughs) I was thinking of like this puzzle one where good old Mike O'Malley from, uh, from like TV would that would be like the game show host and you would have to unlock certain puzzle like a like a piece of the puzzle on the screen to try and review mm. okay so I'm way off I'm way off yeah I kind of remember that one now I now that uh 
now that I'm reading about it. But yeah, like I said, it's one of those things where because I never grew up with like cable TV, I never got to experience like late night Nick game shows like that, which I feel like I missed out on that part of my childhood because they had that. They had like Legends of the Hidden Temple, which I heard was amazing from people, oh. but I never watched it. It's so great. Legends. <laughs> Nickelodeon was the best for kids game shows. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they back in the day they were so creative when it came to like their content and like their original programming like that and made it interesting. That's probably the reason that so many kids uh, from our era or people from our era are so into game shows now because they made them so fun. Oh, the the best. I I have quite a bit on here. Ooh, here. I can't wait. Uh beautiful. So my number nine is a show that was on Comedy Central, and it was called Beat the Geeks. And they kind of like stump the Schwab. They would have certain geeks from TV, movies. Uh, I remember one was like Toy Lines, uh, Star Trek, anything you could think of in the pop culture realm, and you would answer questions, and you would try and beat the geeks. And once again, I'm filled with useless knowledge and i just thought this was absolutely an amazing game show because of that yeah i absolutely i do love that and the useless knowledge things i feel like we're gonna align so much when it comes to those things there there are a couple on my list that it's like uh some of these questions i don't know how anybody would keep in their head but it really is just those like real weird trivia things can be so interesting for people because it's not like um not that there's anything wrong with the jeopardies for like really smart people right a lot of the times you're competing and it's like this is harvard level knowledge but these ones i feel like it was more user-friendly where everybody can do it yeah my nephew tried to do something with me when he was here he was like, hey, do you know what Mick Foley's first name was when he started wrestling? And I was like, yeah, Jack Foley. And he was like, wait, wait, what? He was like, was it a Cactus Jack? I said, no, that was his first gimmick name. His first like in-ring name that he debuted on was Jack Foley. I was like, you might, he said, you might want to go. And I said, and I just started going real back. And I go, actually, his first gimmick they ever did where he recorded, but it was at home with dude love and I was just keep on going back. I said, so there's a bunch of different ones. And he just kind of like looked at me like dumbfounded. Like, you can stop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, stop. Okay. I re- right. Like, exactly. Like, I am I regret ever asking you that question because yeah. I didn't want to go that deep in it and feel <laughs> stupid afterwards. Oh, uh, I'll go deep. If you want to go uh, deep, I'll go deep. Very good. I absolutely love that choice. It's a really, really good one. Uh, My number nine is one, again, that's kind of user-friendly when it comes to certain things. And I love the concept of this one. Um, It's the show Cash Cab. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. I love Cash Cab, and I love the idea of it. Because people don't know they're going on a game show when they get in. And for, for those of you who don't know and have never seen Cash Cab before... Um, it's a comedian. I want to say his name is Ben Foley or Ben Richardson. One of the two. I'm probably way off here, but I'm going to check it just to be sure. Um, and Ben Bailey, Ben Bailey for, I was close. It was Ben something. I was, I was on the right track. Um, but Ben, Ben Bailey, who 
is really good as a host and really entertaining. He's driving a cab around New York City, and when he pulls over and picks people up, um, they sit down in the cab, and all of a sudden lights go off on the roof and things like that, and he goes... You're in the cash cab. Welcome to the cash. And some people know what it is and some people don't at the time. But um, the basic concept is wherever they need to go, usually it's like within a 10 to 12 block distance or something like that. They can either uh, be in the cab and play to win money until they get to their destination. I think it's like 50 bucks for every question they get right or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, the questions do get increasingly harder as they go through. And basically, whoever's in there, whether it's one people, two people, they can all kind of work together to find the answer, too. And you have a street shout-out, which I've always thought was really fun, well, where you could pull... Exactly. Um, where you can pull over to the side of the road and ask someone at the side of the street, like, hey, I'm in the cash cab right now. Can you help me with this question? Or... Um, and then one of the most interesting parts for me is if you make it to the end, you have the option to take your money and walk, or you get one final question. And if you get that question, you double your money and you can leave after getting that question right. So some people do really, really well and then take that chance at the end and they lose all their money because that one question stumps them. Uh, but it's cool because it's not like, major cash prizes usually they walk away with like two three hundred bucks maybe or something like that but it's like you were taking a cab ride you didn't expect to be on a game show and you're walking away with money out of this and i always thought it was such a fun casual way to play a game and i would love to end up in the cash cab at some cash point it would have been amazing to get on Oh my God. You need to if you haven't seen it before, so Ben Bailey is a stand-up comedian, like I mentioned. And he talks about um g- getting in like a road rage fight while he was recording one of the episodes. <laughs> and the story is absolutely hilarious. I'll have to find it. It's probably on YouTube. I'll find it and send it to you because it's definitely worth a listen. Um Matt's number nine is actually one that I've never heard of before. Yeah. Um, so I'm, but I have it pulled up, so I'm gonna go over it and it sounds super, super interesting. It's a show on Netflix that I'm going to have to check out now and it's called physical 100. Uh, so the format of the show is a hundred competitors, um, who are known for like physical attributes in physique. They go head to head against each other in t- individual and team challenges, um, that have to do with all like the aspects of athleticism so strength agility endurance willpower strategy like you have to incorporate all those different things with it um the competition is formatted like a tournament and following every um they call the challenges quests uh following every quest participants are eliminated until only one remains to win the prize so it goes from a hundred people down to one I guess it gets a lot of comparisons to Squid Games as well, if people are familiar with that show. But it sounds super, super interesting. I love off-the-beaten-path shows like that that you don't necessarily know about, but they can suck you in right away. Uh, G4. G4 TV. I don't know if you said you're not very well-versed in the whole cable thing. The, The video game channel used to do the... 
that's the first time I see Ninja Warrior was on. That, oh yeah, like the actual Japanese Ninja Warrior, and then they also had a game show one where it was like people would take like unicycles and try and go through like obstacle courses. Ooh, and that's that's kind of like how you said that. I mean, it's not. A, I think that Japanese one's a little bit more uh, nichey, or you know, in a niche there than than this one where it's like different challenges other than here's your unicycle go through this obstacle course but you enjoy those those very interesting ones yeah i have one or two on there like that too but um yeah those ones that have to deal like even watching uh american ninja warrior i'm like holy crap i can't believe some of these dudes can make these courses and make it look easy too that's the craziest part about it that I would be done in like five seconds. Hundred percent. Me too, dude. I would have uh, just been all trying right. to get into the water. Uh, hell, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> number eight. Uh, so this is my first Nickelodeon uh, game show, and it's Nick Arcade. So Nick Arcade Ooh. was a game show based around video games, and you would answer questions and. Uh, it was kind of like Double Dare, but you would do like a video game challenge. So you would go over to the Nick Arcade and you'd be like, hey, I need you. This challenge is this. Um, and it would, I think the partner had a Magna Doodle. This is how crazy this was. <laughs> like Literally a Magna Doodle. And they had to write down how many points they think the person would get. And you'd play like Sonic or something like that. And you go through and you play the game. And you get so many, and you get points, and that's how you earn it. But at the end, there was like three villains or something that you would, that they would like give to you. And then you went into like this, well, it looked like you were in a video game. The technology today has been way upgraded into what it is. (laughs) But so you're like in this video game, and you could see the kids, like they know to touch things, like they're probably looking at a monitor of themselves. But you would have to collect so many coins, but you would actually have to like dodge. It's kind of was like virtual reality before virtual reality, but I'm not quite sure on how they did it. But because there's a couple of times where they like see a coin or something and they like just start swiping at it and you're like, why is it not getting it? But I always wanted to be on Nick Arcade just for that and just the awesome love of video games. That's super creative, especially for that era too. Like, uh, like you said, VR and stuff like that wasn't super high quality and up to date like that. So to have something like that at the time must have been so cool to watch because nobody's testing those boundaries or doing things like that yet. Yeah, it was it was definitely very interesting to watch and very I was very sucked into it. Is is like height of video games make it a comeback kind of in a way with the council wars were a little bit in that area and everything else. I do believe it's, it's on Paramount plus. I'll have to check out a few episodes of it yeah, for it's, sure. It's good. It's good. Very nice. Very good entry, man. Uh, my number eight is going to be the show pyramid. And I've always, always, always loved the concept of that show, that you're with a person across from you, you get a word, like a password, basically, that the person has to get, and you can say everything but that. It's almost like playing charades or heads up now, 
Uh, but it's the very long form version of it, right? You have to see how many you can get and outlast the other team as you're doing it. And it's one of those things I always love watching those shows because sometimes the thing feels so obvious and the person will give clues and they're and the other guy's getting so stumped on it. And it's one of those things you get into where you're like, how are you not getting this? Like, why isn't this a thing for you right now? So it always, it's so subjective for those things where, you know, you sit back and watch that on TV and you're like, oh my God, I could do this to the second. But then when you're on the spot like that, yeah. sometimes your brain just kind of blanks out and you can't think of anything at, at the moment. It's weird how your brain does that. And this show, I thought, tested that way better than a lot of other ones ever have. And I would love to just challenge myself and really see how consistent I can be as far as doing those things. Yeah. I did that one time with somebody and I was like, how are you not getting this? I think it was taboo. I don't know if you. Oh, yep. <laughs> but I never. <laughs> I just met the guy like that day and I'm like, oh, how are you not getting it? Like, I, I can't even remember what it was. If, if I did, it would just frustrate me because he was just very, very frustrating at that point of time that I'm like, Come yeah, on. Ch- charades can be the same way, too, when you're miming certain things and you're like, it, it can be so clear sometimes and people won't get it with how clear you are. And then sometimes you'll be miming something. And then afterwards, when people don't get it, you're like, it was this. And the people look at you like, how is it supposed to be that? How did you see that out of it? Um, I I love that feeling. And I thought this was a really, really great way to capture it. Kind of like in Ted 2, when he's like, you never seen Rocky? (laughs) He starts singing the song. It's just like, how are you supposed to know a movie that I've never seen before? If (laughs) when you sing the song. Oh, so good. So Matt's number eight is Survivor. Ooh, yes. Good one. I would like to see Matt on Survivor. I think he would do pretty well. I think he would, too, because he's very... He's, he's got a great personality. I think he would get people on his side until somebody pissed him off. That would be the worst part. If he, I feel like if he didn't see somebody... Pulling their weight, he'd be the guy that'd be like, What are you doing? I'm out here. Matt would be the one, like, hey, let's put up a shelter. Let's let's get firewood. Who's doing this? Who's doing that type deal? And then he would see the one guy just like laying on the beach. And then that's when he would lose his mind. I I and Matt is a great guy. I just I just know he's very um when Matt puts his mind to something. It is full throttle. That is one of the things I admire about him. Yeah, that's one of the things I think we all love about him is he's very much like that. But you're right. I feel like he'd be a really good leader. I feel like he'd get a lot of people on his side. He, he'd really strengthen whatever group he was in like he always yeah. does. Yeah, really good entry. I think that's a perfect one for him. Uh, we are on to number seven. All right, I've got one here that you've already mentioned in Legends of the Hidden Temple. Also, cheap plug, another one that we reviewed on the Nostalgia Funhouse. And this is uh, this was a great show because everybody started off with a chance to be on the show if you were a team. Then you would move over to the Stairs of Knowledge, I believe it was called. And then 
the temple games. And if you could manage to get through the temple games and get your pendants of life, you could do the temple run, which was very scary the way that those temple guards would just pop out of nowhere and just grab these poor kids and just like suck them into a wall. And then all of a sudden you see the host is like, Hey, you got to go now. <laughs> You're going to run in there. And you kind of think about it. These are probably like, Oh, maybe 10 to 14 year old kids. And you're like, I just saw my friend just get grabbed by some random guy to go (laughs) (laughs) sucked into a wall. I don't know. It's one thing that I never, it kind of freaked me out as a kid, but then as an adult, I look back on it. I'm like, this is kind of creepy in a way that they just do this, but I guess it's gotta be a little bit of excitement, but good old Olmac. And I never realized either, but looking back on it, how horrible the host was. And we found out that he was just kind of like thrown into the role, but legends of the hidden temple was awesome. Different challenges, knowledge and everything else. I would have loved to been on legends of the hidden temple. I would have liked to have been a blue barracuda because it just sounds nice to me. Ooh. Yeah. That's a, that's great alliteration for that team, right? Like uh, barracuda is always such a fun word to say, but adding the one B word yeah. right before that, it, it just fleshes it out way more. Yeah. I, I can't remember all the other ones. They're just colors and then an animal, but there's something about like blue barracudas that always just made sense to me in my head. Yeah. I love that. And I love how they uh, always kept like the jungle themes within the team names too, yeah. and really stuck it, everything. The whole world was fleshed out really nice. The, the only thing that got to me, like when I was going back to rewatching it, another thing that once again, in your little kid mind, you're not going to pick up on it. One of the very first episodes was like something to do with Blackbeard. And I'm like, why is Blackbeard in a temple? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you get into a temple? So that was the other thing. Like we were it kept with the jungle theme, but they were like, Hey, we're just going to grab historical figures and put stuff. <laughs> yeah. I guess people that like had treasure at some point and some time, but it's still, it doesn't it, make sense with it. I'm just looking at it through an adult and just ruining everything by doing that. So, Oh no, I, I, I totally understand <laughs> that though. They could have kept it with like somebody who was actually an explorer, like Indiana Jones's stuff or whatever, but nope. It, it was just weird. I was like, why, why does Blackbeard? But <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Very good. Very good. Love that entry. Um, my number seven is the only really physical one on my list. And I think it's the most fun out of some of the ones that are out. Um, it's the show Wipeout. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched this before, but it's kind of yeah. like the oh. poor man's uh, um, American Ninja Warrior or Ninja Warrior in a sense, where it's kind of like more casual people try to go through an obstacle course Everything's above water for the most part on there. And some of the hits that people take as they're going through these are just brutal. Like they'll have things swinging or things will pop out from here and there or whatever. And sometimes you'll see someone just go for it and just get absolutely clocked and fall into the water. And the hosts are always so good about animating it too when they uh when they're watching it. And the commentary is always so, so fun. Uh, one of my favorite uh, comedians used to be a host on that show, and they actually kicked him off 
because there is this guy named uh, Bing Fong who is on there as one of the as one of the contestants. And at one point, he got knocked off and he took a really bad uh, spill. And uh, the comedian's commentary on it was, "There goes Bing Fong into the duck sauce," which I thought was uh, the most hilarious yeah. thing ever. And so did the contestant, but he ended up getting fired from the show for saying something Ooh, like was that. Was that John Henson or? No, it was um, Chris Stefano. Oh, okay. If you, if you know him, uh, but it, I think, but I think that kind of captures how the show's supposed to be really yeah. well. They, they do like those stupid cartoony effects when people get hit. Sometimes, like they'll add like the oof, they'll add like the major like pows and stuff like that for the hard thing it hits people take. Out of all of the obstacle course ones, this is the one I could actually see myself doing because I would be able to laugh at myself so hard after, even if I did terribly. And I love the idea of that. I feel like people have more fun with it because of that. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting show. I think it would be, it is the it is the commons man like obstacle course that just like, hey, I'm going to do this, and if I make a fool out of myself, it's kind of the point of the show in the way so it's okay it's not exactly. like like when we talked about american ninja warrior trying to run that and you and you fall like in the first five seconds it, people are gonna be like oh but on this one they're gonna laugh at you but it's okay because that's in a way i think that's kind of what they're looking for exactly because you also weren't wasting a bunch of time um training for it for months and months and months yeah oh man uh very good very good um matt's number seven is going to be the classic uh howie mandel hosted show deal or no deal um i absolutely love this show this is going to make an appearance on my list at some point as well i think as far as game shows go this is one of the most user-friendly ones out there because all you're doing is picking suitcases and it's like it really is kind of random. You're not going to know what the heck something is until you pick it. There's no real way to be like, oh, this is there. Once once the process of elimination starts going, then you kind of have to make some hard choices. But it's always just so fun to see people walk away with money no matter what from it. Yeah, And to see some of the big winners on there, it's like almost random and more unexpected when that happens and i absolutely love the idea of that i love the fact that anybody can just go on and play it no matter what uh and howie mandel is an excellent host on that show too yeah i uh i like the arcade version of it where i'm not a big thing on tickets because my kids will fight over the tickets well when they were younger But there is always the deal or no deal like arcade machine and it would give you tickets. And the briefcases were the number of tickets that you could win. And you're like, wow. Like even just playing for tickets, you're like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Then you're like, dude, you're playing for tickets. Just just accept no deal if you think it's gonna be good. So you gotta like kind of talk yourself into that situation. But I don't think I could have done it for money. There's a couple of times where I'm like, just take it, just take it. But then again, if you think you could get more get more especially if you started out with nothing yeah exactly i agree and it's it's always so gratifying to see people just walk away with something after that um 
like I said, I'll be talking about it more at some point on my list. But um, yeah, that's a really, really good entry from Matt. All right. We are on to number six. Mine is remote control. Ooh. Are you aware of remote control? No, I've never seen this one before. Uh, It is an MTV game show from the late 80s into the early 90s. Uh, Adam Sandler was on there. And so was Colin Quinn. And once again, you're supposedly in this guy's basement and you're strapped to a chair. There's a reason why you're strapped to the chair. And you have remote control. And you pick which channel and whatever channel it is, that is your category. They do different little skits for the questions and everything else. And if you get it wrong, you get thrown through the back of the studio there. Uh, you can get, I think there's a couple on YouTube that you can watch. I don't know why Paramount doesn't have this because I love remote control. It's kind of like, it's like I said, very pop culturally questions. It was just fun in every aspect and i still will watch old episodes on youtube and uh i will play the game on the good old nes as well because that's how much i love remote control and once again user friendly if you got useless knowledge rumbling through your head you can play remote control i absolutely love it yeah these i think looking at this list i really do gravitate towards general and specific knowledge kind of based ones because it does kind of seem a little bit random sometimes with them there's some things that you would absolutely ace and then you would get to certain questions that would really really challenge you and i love that aspect of games i don't necessarily like it to be easy i like the challenge of doing that and i think that the reward from that is it it almost feels that much more satisfying when you do stuff like that you don't got to go read a bunch of books. Nerds. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this next entry for me, you actually may have to read some books regarding or do some studying with. This is one that I absolutely loved when it was on. And when it went off the air, I was actually super disappointed. Um, it's the Jeff Foxworthy hosted show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Um, I don't know if you remember this show at all, um, an old Fox classic, but this is when they would bring a contestant on. There'd be different students that would be in the classroom as well. Like they always had like child actors or whatever you want to call it um, that were on the show and they would lock in their answer and kind of be participating with the contestant in a lot of senses to, to help them in certain ways. But some of these questions, I was definitely like, okay, I remember learning this in school. And then every once in a while, they'd pull something out, and I'd be like, thank you. Did I learn that in fifth grade? Like, did, did I really, like, did, did I go to the wrong school? Like, what happened here? Sometimes people would drop out on the first question, which would be ridiculous. I'd be like, okay, this is a little bit too much. But I saw people really have success on there. And then um, at the, I always loved at the end too that if you didn't make it all the way, you had to look at the camera and be like, "I'm so and so, and I am not smarter than a fifth grader." So they always had like those taglines that would be with it. Yeah, I noticed that too with a lot of like certain math things. Like I feel like one time they did like quadrants, and I was like, "I did not do quadrants as far as I can remember in fifth grade." 
but yeah, it was, I liked it because of that. I knew a lot more of the social studies ones and everything like that. Give me that stuff. Yeah. But the other ones, like you said, it was just, there's a couple where it was like, I don't think I learned that until later on. But I do like the little cheats where you could uh, copy the paper, uh, peek at the paper, and everything mm-hmm. like that. How they did relate everything to school. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool how they did stuff like that. I thought it was such a cool creative concept with that. Matt, here is Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. Are you you're familiar with Whose Line? Y- yes. Uh, so... I, as a kid, like I said, uh, around like noon, we'll kind of like go inside for a little bit. And this was on Comedy Central. So I watched like the original one and then I watched the Drew Carey one as well. So very familiar with whose line is anyway, with comedians doing the improv and everything else. And you get certain points for each thing that they do well. And I always loved at the end where they would have to read the credits there <laughs> what they won was to read the credits and they would have to read it in a certain style of something and i always thought that yep. was great but oh yeah. my god it was it was always so good yeah like you said there was the original and i grew up on the uh drew carey iteration on it and just with him and wayne brady and uh colin mockery and ryan styles were always they were always such solid people to always have and their improv was always so impressive the way they could pull everything out and then the um the fourth person that they'd always put in would usually be pretty solid too one of my favorite episodes ever is the richard simmons one where he comes out and he just causes chaos kind of the entire show it's it's brilliant. They had um, Jerry Springer on one of the episodes. I remember they brought China out for one at one point. Jeez, I was a, yeah. I was a big Greg Proops guy. Yes, I love Greg, and I always loved uh, what was it called, like Party Crashers or something, where somebody was the host of the party, and then the other one Party Quirks, yeah, Party Quirks, and they would have to go into there, and they would like act out or whatever they had on their card or anything like that and then go and then they would have to guess of what everything was i always thought that was kind of funny just to act that way it was super fun um i actually so when i was in college i joined an improv group and um it was actually pretty there's some people who are like oh, I was an improv in college. And then you look and you see it and you're like, this wasn't structured at all. And this wasn't, we, it was an actual like learning experience. When we were in like practices, we would really like kind of critique the games really well and be like, okay, and this you want to um, kind of improve in these areas and that areas. And we would do stuff like party quirks and like the who's line games, like all the quick fires. Like sometimes in practice, we do scenes from a hat and it was just a freaking blast to do all the time. Just the randomness of everything. It's so fun. And it's something that everybody can enjoy just from the randomness of it. So do you love or hate the part in Ted two where they're yelling out all the inappropriate things at the improv? (laughs) I kind of, I kind of love it in a sense <laughs> because it's like, it, because one, you do kind of have to roll with it. And two, I've always been in that position where I hear some of the suggestions and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why did they, the, the one time 
I, I wasn't a part of it yet, but I went to one of the shows and it was during that whole social media thing where the dress was going around and it was like, is the dress uh, white and gold or blue and black or whatever the heck that thing was? And I swear they got that suggestion like five times throughout oh. the entire show. And it was it was the worst to see. Like they were doing... um. There was like advice panel was one of the things to be able to do where it would be three people. One guy would host um, as the fourth and one person would give good advice. The other person would give bad advice and then there'd be awful advice that they gave. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so the the girl, the one girl that uh, gave the suggestion was like, is the dress this or that or whatever. And then later we were doing a game where they were pulling things um and they had like lines that they had to pull out and say at random times. And like three of the papers had that stupid oh. question on it. Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, that would that that would kind of ruin it. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, yeah. But it it was funny to see like the frustration of them keep getting it. Like, are you kidding me? You couldn't think of anything. Yeah. So just- good. I just loved it when he was like, he was like, now who's in the Starbucks? And he was like, Bill Cosby. And he was like, you people are monsters. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, all right. We are on to our top five uh, favorite game shows that we would like to be on. Andrew, number five. Number five is, uh, as you mentioned, the a stay-at-home special game show. I uh, have not watched in years because... Uh, I miss I miss you, Bob. That's the Price is Right. I miss Bob Barker. I miss Rowd Rowdy. I mean, that was that was the game show, and it still is the game show to this day. The Yodeler, Palenko, uh, where you punch out the certain things, the pricing games. I just wanted to spin the wheel. I'm not gonna lie. I, everybody's 100%. like, I want to spin the wheel on Wheel of Fortune. I wanted to spin the wheel on Prices Right. I I didn't have high high hopes, <laughs> and I wouldn't be good at Wheel of Fortune because I'm a terrible speller. So <laughs> I know my weaknesses. And but Prices Right, man, come on! How close can I get to a dollar without going over? That's what I wanted in this world. And when they hit that dollar, it was magical. It was absolutely awesome. But yeah, yeah, it was show- showcase showdowns, all that great stuff. I think that's one of the game shows, even if they just called your name, it would be awesome to be on. Yeah. Ironically, this is my number five, too. Oh. Um, <laughs> because I think and I it belongs right in this spot. Again, it lost a lot of luster when Bob Barker left. Like, there, there was a lot that, because he really was the heart and soul of the show for mm-hmm. so, so long. But all the games associated with it were so fun. Like, Plinko... Um, the uh what was the the mountain that the yodeler the, would go the, up uh it was i thought it was yodeler wasn't that his name is it yodeler i was probably overthinking it it is probably yodeler or something very simple like that i yeah it was that was another one where it, there was some kind of skill involved with um doing that based on kind of like the economy and what you know about certain people's prices um like I feel like if you worked in retail at the time, it might be a little bit easier for you because you'd be familiar with the price of certain things. 
But like you said, just being called for it, I think would be so much fun just to be, have those bragging rights of, hey, I was called for The Price is Right and I was on there. I didn't make it to the showcase or anything like that, but I made it. It's it's actually called Cliffhangers. Cliffhangers. <laughs> cliffhangers. That's what it's called. I like now, all I th- Can we just change it? All I think was the yodeler. Yeah, because that's what he would do. Is yodel, 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 <laughs> all the way up. Yep. This rate is the best. It's still, it was so good. It was just so great. And it, 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 never I love it seemed like it changed its set. No. Like from the time I watched it from a kid up until I stopped watching it as an adult, it was like, we're not going to change this set at all. And I don't, did Bob ever go to a wireless microphone? Like when everybody else seemed to be like, I'm going to wear a wireless microphone, I'm going to wear a headset, I'm going to do this. Bob was like, give me that tiny little stick with the foam rubber ball at the end and I'll just talk this way and I'm going to pull this cord across the stage when I need to talk to somebody. I know dude, dude never changed. Dude never changed it at all. Um, yeah, very, very good on that. Um, Matt's number five is a very fun show that I remember, which is the weakest link, um, which the weakest link was a kind of a collective trivia show. We talked about a lot of the different ones on here. And this was, you'd have a circle of the different guests and the different contestants. And you'd have to go around for a trivia round. And the more you got, the safer you really were when it came down to things. And slowly contestants would be eliminated based on how bad they were or how much they were kind of slowing things down throughout the circle. Um, when, of course, when I was growing up, the uh, the original host who was so stone cold standing there all the time would always have the iconic, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. I, and go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just... I just know it, it had to be big because it had a video game. I notice a lot of game shows, if they're big, they have a video game with it. Or, or this is how old I am, or a board game <laughs> as well. So that was like the craziest thing. I watched the new one with Jane Lynch, and I really like Jane Lynch. I always like kind of like the characters that she portrays, but it just wasn't the same once again. I think yeah. Different times hosts when you change a host, they lose that luster. I know I think Jeopardy's kind of going through that right now. Yeah. When you lose a icon like Alex Trebek, it's kind of hard. Yeah, I agree. Um my one of my favorite memories when it came to Weakest Link is they did uh a WWF yes. one the one time. I don't know. Yeah, you remember that one. I yeah. I that's probably the episode I watched the most out of all of them. But just to see her with all these like really big dudes and still like just not intimidated big show gets eliminated first and walks right over to her is like you want to tell me that again right and she doesn't even move she's just like still just stoic the way she is and this seven foot dude is towering over her um i always thought it was super super interesting to watch that one all right on to number four yes sir Number four is one that I've mentioned, and I just talked about, we just reviewed this on the Nostalgia Funhouse, is Supermarket Sweep. Mm -hmm. Supermarket Sweep, as a kid watching it, 
Uh, this actually made kind of grocery shopping like I wanted to go grocery shopping. And I think this is why I want to go grocery shopping today. Because this game show is is kind of like one of those things where you got through all the different little questions and the pricing games, but then you get to that big sweep and it's just chaos and you learn kind of what costs the most because that's what people went for is as I I still remember the name because I just got done watching it, but the farmer John hams, you want the wheels of cheese. You want the big boxes of tide. You want the diapers, you want everything else. Uh, and then they would give you little games, like a mini shopping list that you would have to do throughout the big sweep. Uh, get the bonuses. I always wanted to grab one of those big bonuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the right number of, or certain bagels at, in the later episodes. Get the, Don't go over one pound of Brock's candy so that way you can get $100 and everything else. So Supermarket Sweep is just great. And I didn't realize how low compared to other game shows how low like the grand prize is it's only five thousand dollars these people are playing for Mm -hmm. and there's two of you and you're playing for five thousand dollars but it just seems so awesome to be able to run around that store especially to even get to that point to solve the riddle riddles to get that five thousand dollars yeah thousand percent that was always one of the most creative ones that they have that's so good. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it did inspire a lot of people to grocery shop as well. Like it, it kept the fun in it, so people wanted to go out and go to the store to be like, "Okay, this is priced this way. This is priced that way. What's, what can I do with this?" Well, it was funny because we were just—I was just watching, and my wife and I were watching it. I do all the grocery shopping now. She does it. So when it came to the pricing games, I was like nailing them, even though like I had kind of like would adjust in my head for inflation and everything else. And I would be like, which one of these is under a dollar? Which one is on sale? And I was nailing them and she couldn't get them. And I said, this is why you need to go grocery shopping more, or this is why you don't go grocery shopping. Cause you <laughs> grab the most expensive things without looking at the prices. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very good. I love that entry. Uh, my number four is one that we already mentioned. And it's deal or no deal. Again, such a user-friendly game to want to play and want to participate in. Um, Like I said, Howie is such a good host when it came to that. I don't know if it's still on or if other people host it at this point. just saw something. I think they're trying to bring it back in a way. It was deal or no deal island. Oh, you know what? I think I have seen ads for that at some point. Um. Yeah, it, it just wouldn't be the same for me. I thought the original vibe was so cool. The, everybody holding the briefcases, the banker always being kind of a mystery and being the bad guy in some sense when it came yeah. to certain things. He was either the savior or the bad guy when it came down to it. Uh, I don't know at one point I would want to walk away with the money. I feel like the temptation is so hard to keep going, especially if you have a good chance of getting like a top prize. But I've seen some people get heartbreakers with that, where there's a couple left on the board, they turn down a really big offer, and then the next two or three they pick are all the big ones. And all of a sudden, the average just drops of what they could possibly get. Yeah, I think... That game did a really great job of 
establishing drama. Mm-hmm. Especially in the later episodes when you could bring on like a family member and they'd be like, hey, do this, don't do this. Hey, that's a lot of money. Just take it. And now you're adding like an outside influence even more closer than, you know, some random stranger at Price is Right yelling at certain numbers at you and stuff like that. But just to add that drama, is, I think that's what that game show did best is adding drama to every single like opening up the case, talking the way that they would go to commercial and everything else. Yeah. Agreed. It was, it was always so creative with everything like that. So Matt's number four is also my number three. Ooh, and, uh, perfect. Who wants to be a millionaire? Love Girl, it. Classic Regis Philman. Uh, I own the computer game of this, so that's why I was so attached to it and, uh, I would play it constantly until I ended up winning the million because that's all I want to do. But once again, it's a computer game, so it's going to give you the same questions randomly over and over. But this is another kind of like uh, fun thing where you can ask the audience, everything else. Very gets general knowledge and starts you off real easy. You know, simple questions like um, what color is the sky or anything like that. And it also another thing that. I notice a lot of great game shows do is give you like a great little catchphrase. Like people just say it like after a while, everybody was just saying, is that your final answer? Whatever you would say something to them. So that was always the great classic thing. And I love it when the guy finally wins the million and he uses his lifeline to call his dad to let him know he's about to win a million dollars. That, that is a classic, classic move right there. That was, that was such a, like a baller moment when yes. he did that. It's like, yeah, I don't need help. I just want to let you know I'm coming with this money. And it was so cool. Like, what a what a balls on the table move to be that confident, that smart <laughs> that you know you're coming home with that shit. And that that really is that's one of the best game show moments of all time. I think that may be the best moment. Yeah, it was it was really great. But I just loved it. Another great game show that kind of established drama with the way that the lights would turn and the music would start playing and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Cause they had Regis and then uh, I think Meredith Vieira was hosting it for a while and she was still pretty good when it came to it. Um, But yeah, after a while, it just, it didn't have that drama anymore. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what kind of lost everybody at certain points. Yeah. When it went, I think she started doing it in syndication and went from like a million to like a half a million was the grand prize, but they still called it who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. Who wants to, you couldn't like (laughs) make it, make it with like half millionaire or $500,000 there. It just doesn't work. No. Uh, very good. I love that. So that's your uh, Matt's number four. Your number three. Yes. My number three um, is going to be one we briefly mentioned uh, with Wheel of Fortune. Uh, I absolutely love kind of like word puzzles and things like this. I think this is another one where it's very simple to play. Right. You spin the wheel. You guess a letter. If you can solve, you solve the puzzle. Um, that final puzzle, man, that always is is so heart-wrenching for me every single time I see it because some it, it'll make or break the game for people. Especially like when we talk about like charades, sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't see that. But once again, I'm not very good at word puzzles, but 
And there's a funny story with Wheel of Fortune, actually. Uh, my aunt was visiting me, and my wife had to go out of town for work, so she was watching my kids. Um, my youngest son is 12. If you listen to Nostalgia Funhouse, he's just referred mm-hmm. to as the kid that lives down the hall because I can't remember his name half the time. <laughs> That's how I refer <laughs> to him. Well, once again, I got a lot of useless knowledge, but I can't remember my kid's name sometimes. Uh, but he is now addicted to Wheel of Fortune. So good. To, to the point where if it is on, he just sits there and he watches it. And once again, when my nephew was visiting, he came downstairs. He was like, do you know your son's just like watching like just episode after episode of Wheel of Fortune? I'm like, yep. He'll do that because he'll watch it either. Uh, I think on Pluto, he'll sit there and he'll watch it. So it'll just be like the whole Wheel of Fortune channel. I'll just watch it over and over. But Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy were a stable of my um, nightly TV watching as a kid. When there was just, mm-hmm. I grew up in the the TV in the house generation. I don't know if you were ever a part, <laughs> had to deal with yeah, that. Yeah. Well, where you just have the TV. So whatever whatever your parents or anybody else was watching that is what you watched and you didn't have a chance so i watched a lot of wheel of fortune uh we did a mount rushmore of game show host and pat sajak was on there and even though i'm not like a huge wheel of fortune fan when pat sajak finally does hang it up that's gonna be another sad day for me i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah between him and vanna they've been like holding that show down forever it seems like Actually, I told my son that I'm so old, I remember when Vanna actually had to turn the letters. Mm, yep. Instead of just like, she's <laughs> got it easy now. Yeah. Got no, they would light up and she would actually turn the letter. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, there's no touch screen. Man. <laughs> so good. And that final round, I've seen people pull some miracles out of that yeah. thing, too. Imagine, yeah, it's... Oh, it, we did... Uh, Wheel of Fortune, where most people did this, uh, Jeopardy in school, we did Wheel of Fortune in Spanish class. Not very good at it, but I can say bankrupt in Spanish. And I think that's what it loosely translates into. So to this day, thanks to Senor Smith, uh, whenever I do watch Wheel of Fortune and I see bankrupt, I still to this day just yell out, Banco in Quiebra. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> sure if that's really bankrupt. Some people have told me that's not, but... You know what? Senior Smith said it was, so I'm going with it. Yeah, and if and if you're wrong, then you know what? That's on him. Like he yeah. was your teacher, so he was the one that was supposed to keep you on track when it came to that stuff. Yeah, very good. Uh, Matt's number three is going to be uh, another classic that we've talked about, which is The Price Is Right. Uh, we've said a bunch about the show already. Yeah. It is one of the most user-friendly ones you could possibly have. It looks like so fun to even just be in the audience for. Um, it, it's it's a vibe. The whole audience is into it. The contestants are into it. They're all rooting for you. That's the thing with that show, too, is everybody's rooting for yeah. each other when it comes to it. And I love that community aspect of it. Um we talked about it losing its luster a little bit with Bob Barker going off. He is one of the best ever. Uh, we haven't mentioned his classic scene in uh, in Happy oh, Gilmore yet, Gilmore. with the which is one of the most iconic things ever too. With Adam Sandler going, "The price is wrong, bitch." Adam, <laughs> he's just he's so synonymous with that show. It's 
unbelievable. He's one of the most famous game show hosts ever because that was his whole career, and, and he got people to love that show so much. I remember having snow days as a kid and, like, everybody being so excited that they were able to watch Prices Right that day. It's a classic. Have you watched, I, I love the movies, Ted, but have you watched the series of Ted? Not yet. They bring up prices right in there. That's how much it is in the American pop culture where Ted doesn't go to school yet. So him and John are talking. And the reason, one of the reasons why Ted feels like he shouldn't go to school is because he's going to miss the prices right. And how will he be able to tell John about Polinko if, <laughs> if he goes, if he goes to school? So that was it. And then uh, Bob Barker made it also made it on my Mount Rushmore of game show hosts because he, he just has to be. Absolutely. I agree. Um, very good. And just like that, we're on to our top two game shows that we would like to be on. Andrew, lead it off. Oh, this game show asked one question in the beginning, and it was, do, do you have it? And it was guts. Do, do. So, uh, I'm actually shocked that I'm like going through my list, but I didn't like come up with this right away. But so there was American Gladiators. That's more the adults. So when I was a kid, we had guts, and that's how you would do the physical stuff was guts, and you wanted to cr- go through, and you wanted to climb the aggro crag just to get a piece of it. The giant mountain where they threw balls down at, at kids' heads and everything else, and all the different events where you're like shooting nerf darts while bun- while jumping with bungee cords off of you off of like a ramp or anything like that, doing some kayaking and like this pool in the middle there, uh, like riding like big wheels around a track. But Guts was the best. Another Nick show hosted by Michael Maley, and who could forget about? The one of the greatest referees ever in Mo. Shout out to Mo and I loved Guts. That was an I believe every Saturday I had to watch some Guts. Just because I was like, man, I could I could be on Guts. American Gladiators, I'm looking at it and I'm like, maybe in the younger days I could have did it. But as a kid, Guts was always there. And that's why I always wanted to just do it because I always wanted to be like the blue one and to be like, hey, there's Andrew. He's age whatever. His favorite sports are this. And it, and it just made everything look so cool in just 90-ish, like early 90-ish. So that's, I don't know. It's just, it's a lost art. But Guts is my number two game show I always wanted to be on. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Very, very good. Yeah, I never got to watch that one too much either, but it was the brief ones I've seen were so fun looking. Oh, so Guts also helped me with something because they also did Global Guts later on. And they would ask the kids like, hey, what do you do? And the one kid was from England. And he, and he goes, oh, I like to watch the telly. And I'm like, is that like a show in England? And of course, my yeah. lovely supportive old, older brother made sure to go, no, you idiot. That's what they call television over there. And I'm like, oh, so that's how I learned what the telly was. So that's what also Guts has helped me with as well in life. I love it. I was the older brother doing that to my kid brothers, too. So I can absolutely relate to that. Yeah, that's why I hate that McDonald's commercial where the 
where the big brother brings home the little sister, the happy meal. Like there ain't no way my brother would have just punched me in the stomach and walked by me and started eating the McDonald's and just it said something horrible to me as he was exactly <laughs> like you idiot you dumb yeah. like yeah those types of things I love it um very good my number two um I believe is actually I think me and Matt have like the same top two entries here um but it's the show Jeopardy. Yeah, uh, we that. talked about this. Yep. Um, so I, we've talked about this a little bit throughout uh, the the podcast, but this is one of the most iconic shows ever as far as yeah. game shows. Alex Trebek being Alex Trebek and um, hosting that show till uh, the very end. Um, rest in peace to that man. He was such an excellent, excellent game show host. Um, but I've always, it's always fascinated me because some of the questions can be really, really hard. Other ones can be simple. But if you just pay attention to the category, sometimes you can get it just based on what the theme is. And I think the context clues in that help a bunch with a lot of things. And it's more manageable than people think. Yeah. uh, My wife, that's not... um... I don't want to see. I don't even know how to say. She's she's not good at game shows like this. So, but I I don't know how she does it. But she can. She's a general manager for a yard and everything else, and she pretty much runs this auto recycling yard. But there's just things where it's like you can do that, but you can't get this. So we were watching Jeopardy, and I was nailing it one time, like constantly, constantly. Final Jeopardy comes on. And I'm thinking, I'm just the smartest man on the face of the earth. I'm just cocky and everything else. And all of a sudden, they read the question, kind of like what you said. If you just kind of pay attention to the context. And she goes, oh, it's Benjamin Franklin. And I said, there's no way it's Benjamin Franklin. They're not making this final Jeopardy question that easy. And it was, it was Benjamin Franklin. And I felt really, 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 really stupid because she was throughout the whole entire thing. She was like, how are you getting this? How are you getting this? I'm like, I just, I just know this stuff and watch a lot of history channel and just pick up on things. But she got the final jeopardy one. So essentially she won. She won in the end. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's how, that's how they get you sometimes because they can throw you with it, thinking like, oh, this is super hard. It can't be that obvious. It can't be that. And then it is. And then it absolutely is that obvious. And it, it crushes people sometimes doing that. Yeah. I love watching uh, where people can't get the categories, like the sports ones and everything else. And where it was like a, it was a video game one and they couldn't get Donkey Kong or anything like that. They could, called everything wrong but i love jeopardy alex Trebek once again he's on my uh game show host mount rushmore's mount rushmore there yeah 100 percent. we've been watching um celebrity jeopardy a lot because they um have that version now um, and re- recently i watched an episode with kira sedgwick and the only question she got was a footloose question and it's because she's married to kevin bacon which was the hilarious like that was the only thing she got right the entire episode but th- th- that's the question she should have got right, though. Hundred percent. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a, if you don't get that, then you got some explaining to do. Yeah, hundred um, percent. All right, 
just like that, we are on to number one as far as our entries for game shows. Andrew, lead it off. Number one, once again, probably showing my age here, is Double Dare. Double Dare is the pinnacle uh, of all Nickelodeon game shows, I feel. uh, It was so popular that if you watch the Goldbergs, they had a whole episode based on Double Dare, in which they needed to do because that's how big it was just going through with the two teams and you get to name your team. And then if you don't know the question, you could dare, double dare, or take the physical challenge. Uh, so many great parting gifts. I that's the other thing about game shows. I love parting gifts. Even if you mm-hmm. didn't get it, you still got some parting gifts. Which Supermarket Sweep was horrible with party gifts because you just got to keep your sweatshirts. Uh, mm-hmm. but Mark Summers is absolutely amazing. He was my other guy in my Mount Rushmore of uh game show hosts. It just it, 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 it just everything. The mess of it grabbing the flag when you got to the final obstacle course and you got to find the flag, shove it into your shirt, get to the next one. And you only got so much time and all the different things where you got to dig through a nose or climb through a mouth or go down a slide of, you know, like chocolate syrup, things that you couldn't do as a kid, you could do on double dare throw water balloons at somebody's head. So it fills up a line to the red line on a cup. The questions, once again, are very simple, kid-friendly questions, obviously. Uh, one of my favorite ones is when they first did Family Double Dare, and it was, I don't even know if it was Weird Al's family, but I just remember it being Weird Al versus Lou Ferrigno. So I got Weird Al versus the Incredible Hulk on on, Je- on Double Dare. And it was just the best. Like, I still... I just love Double Dare. They tried to bring it back with some YouTuber. I'm going to butcher her name right here. Eliza Doshki or something like that. And, okay, or, yeah. yeah. I don't know who, but it wasn't the same. And they had Mark Summers being the announcer. But Mark Summers is the host. That's the ga- kids game show host. And that's why it's number one. Because I think if you grew up in a, in that time period, no matter what game show it was, Price is Right jeopardy wheel of fortune match game card sharks or anything like that every kid i think it's inspired to be on double dare and just want it to be on double dare absolutely that is a great number one andrew really really good um like i mentioned before matt and i have the same top two because we think entirely alike sometimes um but our collective number one uh is the game show family feud I am so in love with Family Feud. Uh, when I first started uh, seeing my wife, we would watch like four episodes at a time when we would hang out and just see Steve Harvey's stupid antics. But I've been watching forever now. Um, when I really started getting into it, John O'Hurley was the host who I absolutely love. Um, if you watch Seinfeld, you know that he's Jay Peterman, yeah. um, one of the most iconic sitcom characters ever. He's always hilarious, and his voice was always good. They always had great hosts for that game, which I have always admired. Um, Steve Harvey's doing a great job now of it, too. Um, but just the the concepts they 
have, whether they're doing celebrity teams or whether it's the actual family teams. The fact that we could do like a podcast precinct team and jump on there is like the podcast precinct. I love that. I love the fact that we that they can do that. I love the returning aspect of things, which a lot of game shows don't bring back anymore. But if you're you're uh, on Family Feud, you can be on for like four episodes in a row doing that. I'm not going to say four weeks because, you know, they tape all that stuff yeah. in one day. So it's like, oh, we're going to get the family in here. We'll do five hours of recording and then we'll get out of here like that. Um but I love that. I love fast money because it's one of those things where it's like, it's so obvious outside of the moment, but in the moment, sometimes it can be impossible to think of certain things. Um, it, it's just so creative and anybody can really do it. It's another very user-friendly game. And I I love seeing some of the different families that come on there. Some of them are so weird and corny. Others you really root for. It's a really feel-good um, game show. And I think that's why me and Matt landed it both at number one. Yeah, it's one of those game shows. It's had some different hosts, but it still kind of lives up. I'm a big, uh, like when I started watching it, was Richard Dawson and then Ray Combs. And those were like, nobody can do it. And you got, what's his name? Richard Kind, I want it. No, not Richard Kind. I don't know. A guy that played Al, uh, Peterman, Louie Anderson, and then Steve Harvey just, I think, took it to another level and brought it back to what it was and added a really great fun aspect to it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's one of the best ever. Uh, and with... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh, I was just going to say also they do a nice little kind of like parody of it on Always Sunny in Philadelphia where mm -hmm. yep. the, yeah, where the Charlie was actually interviewed for the questions. So he had like the inside track on it. I always thought that was pretty great. That was so good. And it's family fight. And of course, it's yeah. um, Keegan Michael Key hosting it, which I think is the perfect choice for doing it. It's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um. With that being said, that rounds out our list um, for our favorite game shows that we would like to be on. Um, Andrew, thank you for joining me on this today. I'm really thank glad you, I man. had you. I'm, yeah, and I'm sorry Matt couldn't be here with us, but I'm glad we were able to present his list um, as best we could today as well. Um, you have the Nostalgia Funhouse, which we can find on the network at BICBP-radio.com. Is there anything else you're currently working on or want to uh, plug? The Retroactive Sports Podcast. Um, yes, sir. That, uh, there's a YouTube channel for that, a YouTube channel for the Nostalgia Funhouse, and both uh, Facebook pages as well. So check those out. Yeah. Very nice. I love that. Um, thank you for being here, listeners. Thank you so much for listening and participating. I hope you had a great time listening to this. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of your mental health. As always, um, you come first when it comes to everything in life. So there's no going and going and going without you and your well-being. So make sure you are doing that. Um, I have choice next week. I'm thinking of a good one because it is Matt's last one full time on the show. I'm going to miss him very much, but he's got important things going on as everybody knows. Um, but until next time from Andrew, Matt and myself, do you even list?